Hello, 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 everybody. We are back in the house with Common Sense Uncensored. And I want to remind everybody, you can listen to us live by going to gfbestsource.com. Click the Listen Now button. And to chat with us, you can click on the Twitch link in the upper left corner. And, of course, we're always out on Rumble, so make sure you share our link with all your friends and family who can't listen to us live. And they can catch up on all the news that is worth hearing. And, as always, opinions and comments on this show are not necessarily those of our uh, advertisers, although they should be. And uh, we are getting ready to go today with Don Hollingsworth, who is in the house. And Don is going to be talking to us again today about uh, the fight that is going on between District 8 and District 1 down there in the in the Williston area where they just had one audit come through where they found millions and millions of dollars that were unaccounted for, which never goes well when I know that that's state money. And the continuing, I will call them hijinks, that are causing a lot of people down there to be very, very upset because they feel that their voice is not being heard and that they are being, quite frankly, railroaded into something that they do not want. So, Don, how you doing, girl? It's hot out today. <laughs> Hi, kids. We're doing good here. Well, listen, you know, um, I know we've only got an hour and you've got a lot of stuff because I took a look at this stuff and I went, OMG, there's all of this data. Why don't we start? Because not everybody understands uh, the basics of what's happened. And this actually requires people to understand that way back in 1950, district lines, boundary lines were, were, were designed for a new public school district eight. And it was basically taking all the leftovers that nobody else wanted. And it created five voting districts, which East precinct was supposed to have voting to occur. And, uh, since then, uh, it has become adamant, from various levels of hierarchy in the state that we are going to have one school district and it is basically going to involve very little will of the people. So if you could get us going on that and let us know kind of just the basis of what's what's happened so far and get us caught up and then we'll move on into some of the other stuff. So this process for reorganization started um, in 2019, I would say, where the conversation began. Um, since then, a reorganization has taken place. Um, it did go through all of the processes and procedures that they had to do according to law. And um, But in the midst of all of that, the people not wanting District 8 to go away um, there was no reason for it. There was no justification. It was financially sound. It was academically secure with, um, you know, as now all we ever hear now is the academics. Well, they're testing scores. Well, when we <laughs> spoke of academics, we actually spoke about academics. They're math re reading and, you know, whatnot. Um, anyway, long story short, um, through the people investigating and asking questions and open records and such, we found that this wasn't just a community piece. This went to a higher level. Um, and it seemed as though the state at the you know, state school board, DPI, governor's office, that level pushed for this to transpire um, because there was bigger 
better things that they wanted to accomplish with corporations and not any longer just multi-million dollar projects, but they were looking at billion dollar projects. Well, and Williston to set the way. I found it interesting because the governor, actually, this goes all the way up to our governor, who is now running for uh, president, by the way, and the governor's office had actually ordered the state's attorney office to push reorganization and land transfers. And uh, so it came from the top that this was going to happen and that it needed to happen now and that whoever disagreed with it was just going to be pretty much cast aside. And I find it interesting because, of course, we're looking at things like this CO2 pipeline and some other fun things that are that are occurring. And there appears to be a lot of construction money and stuff that has reared its ugly head that is going to be going in with, with base reorg, reorgs and Minot and some other places. So this is a place where a construction company and real estate developers and a bunch of other people could stand to make millions and even if you know if things continue on as you might say billions of dollars and i i'm not making any accusations but i find it very interesting that our governor and quite a few of our legislators happen to be deeply deeply involved in real estate, real estate acquisitions and in the construction business so it would seem to me that one hand would be very much benefiting from the other hand by pushing stuff like this through, whether people wanted it or not. Right. We're finding the same thing at a local level here. So, you know, not accusing. However, it's kind of interesting when you come across names, whether that be, you know, city, county officials or even school board officials whom their names pop up you know, you think of the LLCs, you think of real estate, you think of construction, all those different things. And you start following, um, you follow the money. As That's always. That's what the auditor said. He said, follow the money. You know you're not wrong if you follow the money. So then that brings up a whole lot of questions of, well, what are you doing? Well, one of the problems I have with a lot of this stuff as, I, as I'm reading through it is, uh, the prior District 8, 8 school board basically had everything already paid for it, and the, with the long-range long, long range plans, they had approved the district going K-12. They would uh, already had plans for the district to move forward. They had the parcel of land set for expansion already got done. They were going to do much-needed renovations over at Round Prairie. They were expanding curriculum. All of this was written out, and this was written out in detail. And at yep. the point that this merger, reorganization, whatever flavor they want to call it, happened. All of this was set aside, and, and a firm plan with budget, timeline, and everything else has been basically replaced with a no budget, really no plan, kind of a we're just going to go ahead and annex land and, and swap land deals and stuff, and then we'll take it from there, which when it involves Taxpayer money and and things like that makes me really uncomfortable. Yep, it made us very uncomfortable too. And that's why we continue to raise question, request open records, trying to find out what is going on, why, why. You know, answer the question, why. Well, and I don't understand why they're looking at facilities like Round Prairie, which is not, not up to code. And they're now stating that it's not necessary to fix it. It can be 
funding can be found elsewhere. And you guys had the addition of a modular complex set up and, and all ready to go. New board states not necessary. Funding can be utilized elsewhere. Uh, suddenly, it, there's there's a district that had all the money. Everything else was was solid. And now we're looking at a district that is, quite frankly, going to be looking at raising people's taxes, whereas your plan would have reduced taxes. Am I correct in that? Absolutely correct. There was discussions with the business manager of, okay, this following year, can we lower the the mills? Mm -hmm. Can we, truthfully, honestly, can we lower it? Can we function without, you know, with the the new, um, you know, how they had the funding formula and uh, all of those pieces, can we still do that and be okay? And the answer was yes, and that was what we were going for. And yet we still had all of those things that could have been accomplished with a new high school, elementary, and all of those other pieces that would have been paid for. Now, you know, I find it interesting because the one bane of just about everybody's existence in North Dakota for quite a long time now has been property taxes. And they keep, yep. they keep telling us that property taxes can't go away because we need to fund our schools and everything else. And you guys found a way to maybe not make property taxes go away, but certainly relieve the burden. And it appears to me that at the state higher level, well, we just can't have that. Just like the state refuses to basically give us any quality property tax relief. And when I'm looking at this, I'm, I'm seeing a bunch of people that seem to go out of their way to make life difficult so that they can find more reasons to spend our money. And that's when I'm looking at this, this new plan, it, it raises more questions than not. And you've been having problems getting anybody to even listen to your questions, much less answer them, correct? Correct. So the people continued, you know, all these years later, um, we have brought forth, you know, questions of actual violations of law. First, having been brought forth by a ter- um, by the state auditor, Mr. Gallion's office, and them bringing forth that audit. It, it's in black and white. The, the majority of us North Dakotans, we can pretty much understand it, I believe. Um, and there's violations of law. So between that and other violations of law as far as what the board, school board has done here and what has been done in violation of reorganization laws, there's numerous pieces there. So where does a person go? Well, the people are told, you need to go to the sheriff's office. So we bring forth all of our information. We bring forth proof of so many things, black and white. It's not disputable. It's there. But um, we get poo-pooed on. Well, here's the thing that bothers me. Uh, I'm going to get back to the sheriff office and and nobody bringing charges when when law has been violated. I want to go over some of the questions that you guys have asked. Why would a school board deny efforts or renovations needed to support and secure students' safety and occupancy? Because the place where the lunches and stuff come from is one of the places that needs renovation. Why would a school board stop efforts of K-12 plans that have been in the works for numerous years and are written out perfectly? Why would a school board allow efforts to reorganize into a financially unstable district and then that unstable district 
is elected to the school board to run it. And the people that had the long-term plans and the financial responsibility are removed. Why did the school board not explore all options? Why was this the only direction that they would go? Why would a school board not engage in further discussion of options? And why would the school board deny responses or answers to the patrons when they stand up at the meetings? And why would they transfer so much land in such a short amount of time? All seem to me to be very reasonable questions. And you guys have never had an answer to any of those questions, correct? Um, yes and no. Okay. Some of those that you were talking about, we have. So as, as far as transferring of lands, one of the current school board members of District 7, um, Mrs. Williams had stated, well, you know, if we remove the lands, you know, your district and our district both approve that, it will benefit us both. We will get rid of the no voters for this reorganization to pass, and you will gain the property tax. Sounds like, sounds like gerrymandering to me. That's exactly what we brought up to. <sighs> we brought it up numerous times, but it was poo-pooed on by the state. Well, Saying it's all okay. You know, if it's the state that's doing the gerrymandering and if it's the state that's pushing this through, it's not surprising to me that they don't want to talk about it and want to poo-poo it. But I want to get right back to those to those um, century code violations and other things. But the first thing I need to do is tell everybody about executive properties and the fact that they do garage, garage door repairs and replacements as well. Take it away, Paul. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Diane says Executive Properties did a roof project and remodeled a bathroom in our house. We were happy with their quality of work, and the projects were completed in a timely manner. We will use Executive Properties for our next home project. Get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. All right, we're back. And Don, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about some of the things that you you provided to your local sheriff's department. And I'd like you to to kind of tell everybody that what you were doing was you were saying, "Look, I'm not a I'm not a lawyer. Um, I, I only you know read read statute and, and and interpret things the best way that I can. But I think that there's been some major violations here regarding the land transfers and some other moves." Uh, executive board meetings when they should have been open meetings and some other things. And so what I'd like you to do is, is take me through a little bit about what you uncovered and then how you presented that to a sheriff, please. Okay. So what we had done is taken all of the different things we had come across over the years and what Mm -hmm. we understood to be wrong and then taken statute and actually put you know, so more or less, we took a, a, a word doc and created a summary. So on one side shows the statute, on the other sh- other side shows the notes, the notations of what transpired, um, and of course we have our timelines to go with with that as well. But you know, so um, what would be a good one to start off here? Um, criminal attempt. Let's okay? do that so, one. Yep. Okay, right at the very beginning here. 
which is criminal attempt, facilitation, solicitation, and conspiracy. Okay? So there's one that's highlighted. It's got the whole statute. But then in a highlighted section, it says, he intentionally engages in conduct which, in fact, constitutes a substantial step toward commission of the crime. So, and our experience... Governor office had ordered state's attorney office to push reorganization and land transfers through no matter what. I, I hate to say it, but we have an open record with that stated in an email. So kind of hard to dispute. Perfect. So the question I have to say is, why is the governor so involved in this? And why is it so imperative to him that this be done? I'm I'm just I'm not looking at why why the wagons are being, you know, circled here and why the people's quite frankly the people's will is being ignored. So yeah, but if you, you know, again, this is this is years in the making and so to figure out why follow the money. We have found we have found our own answer of why with the LLCs, the construction, the real estate, all of these things. This is just. This was just a cover story, more or less, to to do all of the things on the backside that needed to transpire in order to have more money coming into everybody's pockets. Well, and isn't there's a, isn't there been a lot of people voting that have fairly obvious conflicts of interests regarding some of the lands and stuff that uh, maybe got in early, bought a bunch of land that everybody would have been saying, "What the hell are they doing that for?" And now, by golly, they were suddenly really uh, omniscient somehow they knew that some of this stuff was coming through and i'm not saying anybody was doing insider trading but wow it certainly is looking like uh people are going to do be doing a lot of profiting off of your students and your taxes with this with the school board because i i personally i remember uh, mr burgum actually stating that there was going to be major growth in this area, and for there to be major growth, there was going to be there was going to need to be. In fact, there must be massive increase in education opportunity, health, finance, and financial opportunity, real estate, as in rental and everything else. So, economic development, yeah, law enforcement, EMS. All of those pieces, and I know I've heard that and seen for myself to across the state, other areas are starting to experience some of the things that we've already experienced. We've seen the full circle. We know what happens. You lose absolute all control and power of your community at a local level is what happens. So then it's much easier for manipulation at a higher level to transpire and for money to go around and in and out of pockets, potentially. But... But in in the meantime, this is being built on the backs of the people. Your mill levies, yes. your your property oh, you taxes, mean- your students are going to be being shoved all over the place. I mean, this 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 economic growth is coming at the expense of the people that are currently sitting there that own the houses that have been there forever. Yeah. So you have you know through decision making, you have people sitting in positions that not only control um, how the outcome is, how the process may move forward, and all of these other pieces, you ask questions, once again, 
even not just school level, but at city and county levels, you ask the same questions. Why does it seem to be when we show up to a meeting, there's no conversation when it comes to a motion. It's just motion is made. There's no discussion. Why? Because the decision's already been made. It's already been pre-planned. At least that's how it seems. So there really, the there really is the, there. There really is no need to, to to attend a school board meeting if you're a person because a you're not going to be listened to and b it's it's rubber stamped. You know, I saw something in this where a decision was made by a phone survey of ninety three people. Yes. Could you explain that, that to me? Because I, I I'm a I'm a marketing person and I've done consultant work and other things and I find it interesting. Because one of the things that I, I always tell my, my clients is, okay, here's the thing. Do you want the truth? Or what is the outcome that you want? Because I can write you any kind of survey or whatever to get you what you want. And I will do so willingly, but I will tell you it's very stupid to do it that way because you aren't going to be getting any valid in, information. You're just going to be pushing forth your agenda, which could lead you over a cliff. And you have somebody here that actually did a lot of these decisions based on a phone survey to 93 people? Yes, we had a lot of that. We caused ruckus about that as well as their campaign was loud. They were obnoxious. Um, that's when many of us experienced the whole slandering and verbal abuse and social media abuse that we did, calling us disgruntled and liars and so on and so forth. But you see yourself, we hadn't had a discussion on these intimate details like this. You found it yourself. It's not hard to figure out. Um, you have people that are sitting, again, on different boards who owned lands that were in the question of being transferred. Well, that's a conflict of interest. Absolutely. You have another one sitting on a board who was chairing up this committee who was also an attorney for one of the school districts and doing decisions and working with monies there. Really? How do you have these things transpiring in front of the people and you just continue to go about that manner? Well, you know, the thing that I, I see when I keep looking at this is uh, there's a lot of false information or at least information that's partial information that is provided. Um, you yes. you guys were told that if the two school districts combine, there's going to be an increase in state aid. Well, duh, you've combined two school districts, there should be an increase in, in state aid. And when right. you're asked about increases in tax levies, you're not given an answer. And when no, you're when you ta- when you're asked about yeah, go ahead. Part of their campaign, um, part of their yes committee that they had for reorganization had actually posted signs in the community that said your taxes will go down. That was a very harsh, nasty piece of marketing that they did. It was a hundred percent lie. And there yet, was only a tiny bit of fraction of that that was accurate. There were some in District 1 that may have seen a decrease. Yeah, okay. I'll get, I'm going to use a comparison here. When I, when I teach marketing, I teach retail and everything else, and I, I always said to my students, here's the thing you have to be aware of. Legal and ethical are two different things. For example, yeah. if uh, you walk into a store 
and you see a rack, a nice round rack, and there's a sign on it that says, items on this rack up to 50% off. That means that there only has to, during the entire time of this sale, be one item on that rack that's 50% off. The rest can be a variety of percentages off or even regular price because the sign's not lying. It draws you in, it gets your attention, and you start looking through the things and you find something that you like and you pull it off the rack and then you go up to the to the checkout and you it goes to ring up and you're saying, well, wait a minute, that was supposed to be 50% off. I got it off that rack over there. And the sales clerk will look at you and go, oh, no, no, it's up to 50% off. Do you still want it? And yep. of course, do, so what I see is a lot of this issue. I see a lot of, when I'm looking through the, the sales pitch that you guys got here, I'm seeing a lot of up to 50% off. And we've got one item there where you guys are going to benefit. And so what we're going to do is we're going to hammer away at that item. We're not lying, but we're not telling you the truth. And as I look through this, I see a whole lot of that. I see actually also some questionable areas where um, I don't want to say somebody lied, but I would also like to say they certainly walked the line fairly closely. So when you're looking at this and, um, and some of the subterfuge, um, some of the clever verbiage, that's been used to sell this and stuff. Was that part of what you included and in, with the sheriff or is, is everything that you get headed to the sheriff look to be total and pretty blatant violations of criminal code or century code? The majority was very blatant, but there was also with the open record pieces, like you're saying the, the fine line verbiage that they utilized as well, but that was a whole separate piece. The actual summary was outright violations of century code statute, specific statutes that were pulled out, you know, of processes that were supposed to be followed. Can you read me? Can you read me one? So as an example, um, let me find here. So, okay, you know, this has to do with the audit. But mm-hmm. theft of, you know, we put down theft of property, you know, now, mind you, we're not law enforcement. Right. We're the people. We're asking questions. So we put down these statutes and next to them, we would raise the question, does this not fit with this? Correct us if we're wrong. So a sample would be theft of property. Knowing, uh, knowingly takes or exercises unauthorized control over or makes an unauthorized transfer of an interest in the property or another with intent to deprive the owner thereof. Okay, we go over to, okay, what happened? Knowingly push an agenda as a hostile takeover of Williams County School District number eight, the taxable valuation of $130 million at that time by specific people who were also a part of this whole campaign. Um, This includes, but not limited to the lies told to the public Does this not include property assets, cash on hand, and more? Is that not theft of the people? It certainly sounds like it would at least deserve a deep dive and have somebody somebody going in and taking a look. 
you know, the thing that I'm seeing in politics so much today, and I'm seeing it more and more at the local levels, is the smoke. And it depends on who wants to pay attention to it, whether or not it's a fire. And I'm getting very, very tired of the selectivity in our enforcement system and our, I'll use the term loosely, justice system. Because I'm seeing where if you, um, if you belong to the right side of the law, meaning if you're high enough up on the food chain and you have enough people backing you, what you do is you go from the top of the state and you slowly inroad all the way into your school board, your county board, your city council and everything else. Therefore, when the people have a problem, there's no one left on their side to answer. There's only the people that are sitting there that are being renumerated one way or the other left to look at you and go, Nope, sorry, not listening, don't care, you, you, not my problem. Or as our last show said, not my department. Yeah. I'm going to do really quick here. I'm going to do a quick profit margin break for Churchill Shoes. And when we come back, we're going to get into some more of the fun stuff that the new board has done for you. Churchill Shoes, Paul, take it away. Churchill Shoes has moved. One of the largest SaaS dealers in the upper Midwest is now in the Grand Cities Mall and ready to find you a pair of shoes that you will love. At Churchill Shoes, they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery. Churchill Shoes has operated in Grand Forks for over 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff and can cater to all of your footwear needs. Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturday from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com. Next time you're in need of footwear, give us a try. Your feet will be glad you did. Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. Okay, I'm going to get back to a little bit more of the legal issues, but I want to take a a little bit of a dive into what I'd like to call a hostile environment that a lot of people are facing. And again, as I said, it comes all the way from the top of the state, from the from the governor's office, all the way down to the to the new school board. And uh, from what I, I, I take a look at, basically a hostile work environment, uh, threats to office personnel and staff stating that there's going to be repercussions if you don't do on what they say, recalls of board members, teachers are not allowed to utilize their voices, various fear tactics utilized in an attempt to remove a board member, not allowing people that are involved in the school district, the stake, actual stakeholders, parents, and, and et cetera, to speak, retaliation towards staff and personnel, gag orders being placed on the prior superintendent, who, by the way, left the position because of the harassment and then whether it was the dismissal or the firing written reprimands for teachers um and then other people being literally hit with restraining orders and other things like this this has gotten harsh this is what we had gone through yes um it we have not been let's say on you know trying to grab a hold of their hand as closely as we had at the time. However, the situation hasn't changed all that much. But yes, there was extreme harassment. There was hacking of people's accounts. 
Um, there was definitely scare tactics. There was other harassment tactics. There was students that were harassed in school. Um, there was, you know, you look at some of these things and you go, okay, extortion of students. Well, at, at the time, one of those things in order to, for reorganization, before that had taken place, it was, well, if you don't give us so much money, um, then your high school students can't go to the high school. Well, you it, have to give us so much money. That's where the extortion piece is. Isn't it open in. enrollment? That now, too. Isn't it open enrollment? Yes, but that they were able to get by with it. The attorney said, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so what we're looking at is some heavy-handedness. Um, they don't call them the Bismarck Mafia for nothing. Um, but... But part of what what I'm kind of concerned about is there was there were some claims that were made regarding also the fire marshal used the justification of, of there was overcrowding so this is what had to be done. No, and no, you said that's not marshal. the case. Who who made that? He did not say that. Okay, that was at the time the campaign going for ah. reorganization. They made that up. That superintendent at that time stated that publicly. And the poor fire marshal was run through the ringer when he never stated that. And we got copies. He had sent us the reports. We read them. Not one thing that they stated said that at all. Had nothing to do with overcrowding. Had nothing to do with too many students. Had nothing to do with so many of the things. Everything, every single thing they said was a lie. And all it was was because... They put a whole bunch of boxes of paper underneath stairwells, and they blocked exit ways. So here's the other thing. Um, yeah. When I'm looking through your notes and stuff, I find that there's, there's, you know, you guys obviously did due diligence. You filed off your FOIAs and stuff. And then you ended up getting stuff that was redacted, and it was redacted by the people you filed the FOIA on, which is questionable and yep. then and then not how open records no works. no no if you if i if, if i'm a an, an, a government person and you you foia my my emails unless i'm hillary clinton i don't get to pick which emails you see i'm supposed to hand yep. over everything in mass because that's the yep. way it's supposed to be and you guys were getting you guys were getting pieces here pieces there and you were even getting emails that you had copies of that had been changed? Yes. Interesting. Can you so give me more had, about that? You know, some people, and this is where we had to be creative and pay attention and to listen and all of those things just for our own, just for our own, I guess you could say, but in order to find out whether it was true or not. So we would have someone say, well, I received this email. Oh, okay, interesting. We would request in the open records so it was done legitimately the proper way. And then we would get it and receive it. And here it would have all these redactions on it. And we'd go, well, why is that redacted? The only thing from a school district that could be redacted is student information. Exactly. Pretty much everything else is fair game. It's public record. So why and why would a school board member, they have no authority nor the right to redact it, but they did before the business manager would even receive it to send it off to us. 
Well, and that's what was happening. Wasn't there also an issue because you guys started firing off these FOIAs and stuff and suddenly um, the amount of shredded documents increased? Oh, so into current time, um, we had more or less stumbled across um, issue. We were having issues with current open records requests and the current now district number seven not being able to fulfill um, open records requests. So regarding buildings, um, regarding what did the high school truly cost? What did the project cost the people? They can't provide any information. Wow. They can't provide us with um, layouts or plans of buildings, um, <laughs> say at the middle school, because they're doing revamping of how that layout is and how the grades are going to be, so on and so forth. So that's been a questionable piece as well. And now all of a sudden, they can't provide any information on the high school. They can't provide information on certain pieces with the ASB, the Innovation Academy, we've asked for. But then all of a sudden we hear, you know, you take it for whatever. You hear a rumor of, well, we heard the district has, you know, brought in a whole bunch of stuff for destruction. Really? Okay. Well, you call the source because it's a small town. People know people. They know the owner, and the owner says, yeah, the gals in the office said something about that. Okay. Can you? Would you be willing to send us any information on that? Sure. Here you go. Oh, so you mean to tell us not only have they destroyed do- the normal documentation, the most at one time was around five bins, but this time they did 14 at one time. which has never, ever happened in the history of the former District 1. And that's equivalent to 80 to 90 boxes of data information that was destroyed in February. So now you tell me why all of the sudden we're not able to get any information, why it doesn't exist, but it, it did before, and now all of a sudden nobody can get a hold on any of those pieces. Gee, well, I don't know. I would ask the question... Sounds to, me like, sounds to me like sounds Well, it sounds to me like somebody's taking their training from Hillary with the bleach bit and the hammers. Um, you can't you can't give up information you don't want to give up if it's not there anymore. So, what's the easiest way to do it? Destroy it. Destroy it. So, yeah. you know that that also should be a direct violation, should it not? Because isn't that public data, especially public data that had been requested through a FOIA? Therefore, that should definitely be some sort of uh, criminal activity. Well, and then the question has been raised. Um, so the district was questioned again. Okay, so you're not able to provide us with this. Well, when it comes to building and contract information, the contractors have that, the builders have that, you know, and they have said, well, I don't think we're required to get that from them. Excuse me? Excuse me? me? And they have spoken with the attorney, and it doesn't sound like the attorney feels that they have to do that. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Turn it over. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm sitting here going, it's public money, taxes yep. and mill levies. Everybody's property taxes are going through the freaking roof. You've had a redistricting shoved down your throat. You've had a valid plan with. I's dotted, T's crossed, completely thrown out for some veiled innuendo plan, and they tell you it's none of your business? Well, they don't, they don't see that they have to pursue that any further. They don't have the information, so therefore they can't fulfill the open records request. 
Okay. So you um, took some of this to the sheriff's office. What happened at that point? So we bring forth all of these different things, you know, violations that we had seen over the years that have transpired with how the process of reorganization went through, how, you know, the state allowed lying, manipulation, and different things to happen there. Um, We brought all of this forth, violations of open records, you name it. Um, We bring this forth. We sit down. We have an hour and a half meeting with the sheriff and another detective. Okay, great. Um, Then um, that following week, I bring forth, okay, I bring forth our data, our information, which was a lot of information. I've seen it. It's good. It's, it's, it's listed right out there. It doesn't, it's not in Swahili. It's, it's really easy to follow. Boom, 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 bullet points. Yep. Um, Along with, we had provided as far as evidence, you know, to prove it wasn't just a written statement. No, here's the open records. Here's phone records, text messages, emails. Here's links to videos. Uh, you know, all of those things were brought forth as well, along with the timelines, this whole summary. And um, then it wasn't until, uh, let's see, May started leaving messages, waiting for return phone calls, sent emails, more phone calls, another email. Um, There really hasn't been a phone conversation since. It was stated in the beginning that, okay, how this works is we need to do a preliminary to find out whether or not we are going to do the full investigation of this piece as it involves some city commission and county commission so that's a conflict yeah of course we understand that that may require bci we understand that um so right now it was just a preliminary they need to go through everything and figure out okay what is all here and then talk with bci and see what they decide they want to do so in the meantime no one ever reached out to me no one asked a single question My emails, my phone calls were not responded to. And then I finally hear just the other week, June 8th, received a phone call that said um, from the lead detective of the sheriff's department itself stating, well, um, I just wanted to provide you with an update. We had forwarded all your information onto the state school board as well as the state's attorney. And they both, they're not going to move forward with this or press any charges. I literally laughed because I had not heard such stupidity in my life in quite some time. Um, Because what in the hell does, excuse me, pardon me, I get a little fired up, but what does a state school board have to do with a criminal investigation? Not a dang thing. They have no authority, no nothing. This is on the people in our community. But that's what was said. And so, of course, unfortunately, I laughed at the man. And he said, no, ma'am, I'm, I'm serious. There's, this is where it's at. And I said, this is not just school stuff. There is a lot of other information and pieces going on within this community. Well, don't shoot the messenger. And that's And it. that was it. We're going to get right back to that, but it's my last profit margin break for, oh, heaven's cakes. 
And there's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. That's where Over Heaven's Cakes comes in. The best cupcakes and cakes for special occasions, or even in my case, just a treat. They make incredibly specially, uh, incredible specialty items by order, or you can just walk in to find out what's there. And there's my nose print often on the glass while I'm looking at it. While you're there, you can look at uh, all the different things that are offered for business owners, owners so you can treat your employees, let them know how much you value them. And they have employee discounts for mass orders and everything else. Oh, for heaven's cakes on the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall. Open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4 and Saturdays from 9 to noon. You can call 701-757-CAKE. That's 701-757-2253. Or just go to oh, for heaven's cakes at yahoo.com and take a look at the beautiful stuff that they've got there. And while you're looking, remember you can be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. Oh, for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand City Small. And if you happen to have an artistic bent, they're looking for people to design and decorate cakes, which would be great if I had an artistic bent, but I simply pick up heavy things and put them back down, which, by the way, enables me to eat a lot of cupcakes, so I'm pretty happy with that. But oh, for Heaven's Cakes, come in and visit them and try them out. All right, well, we've established, Don, that the auditor has even said, because I've spoken with him, that he can't prosecute. All he can do is find crime and then turn it over to the powers that be, which is kind of what you did. You took what the auditor found, you took what you guys found, and you turned it over to the powers that be. And you pretty much got uh, indicated that you were number one with the middle finger. And I find it pretty interesting that uh, no one wants to take this on and that throughout this scenario, throughout this entire thing that you've given me, the state school board, the higher people like legislators and everybody else, um, governor, and many other people have been directly involved with this, which leads me to question, and again, this is just a question I would like answered, could this possibly be why no one wants to press any charges against anybody? Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Raises the question of why? (laughs) How high does this go? I mean, who's... the, The thing is, the community is, you know, we haven't stopped... Because obviously we care enough about our community and we actually care about the future of our students and want to make sure they have a future, not just to take tests, but to actually learn and be educated with the dollars that we pay for them to be educated. Anyway, you know, moving forward, it's like, okay, how are we going to, what can we do? How can we fix this? And the research and things that we are doing has not stopped. So we come across now we put into play of, you know, I mentioned the bigger corporations and those projects. There's all kinds of things tied to that and people's names and different departments and whatnot. But then you look at just a small, you know, here locally, we find all kinds of different LLCs. Okay, big deal. Businesses have multiple LLCs. I understand that. I respect that in business. It's not bad business. But when you find you know, 43 or 63 LLCs name. What are you trying to cover? And then you find LLCs that have our attachment with pieces of property and rental concern of our district renting from. And those are seated officials 
within the school district. I'm sorry, I got a problem with that too. They shouldn't be collecting money off the school district, you know, or somehow or another, that's all linked. And then you have other pieces of hmm, more LLC stuff going on that you start to question that they're linked to money coming in, money going out, properties, pieces of properties, and then you see inflations on these, they sell out, they they default on them, and hopefully we'll just file bankruptcy, and the bankruptcy is the same dang judge that's approving them. Boy, oh boy, you know, I, I don't know. What comes to your mind? <laughs> Nothing good, because what I see when, when, you're, when you're saying all of this, I see exactly, I see Biden and the Ukraines. Uh, Biden actually on tape going, We've got so many shell companies. We have so many LLCs that it's, it's going to take them at least 10 years to find this. And by then we'll be, we'll be down the road and it'll be old news. And that's what I'm seeing here. I'm seeing what I like to call the LLC soup, which is oh, from one you. company, from one company to another company, to another company, to another company. This is, um, you know, I'm not saying this is occurring, but to me, this is money laundering. And this right. is, this is the ability to, um, Buy something, rent it, whether it's got a valid rental use or whatever. So you're getting money back. Um, if you sell it to another LLC of your LLCs and then you default, you bankrupt. Well, basically, you've gotten that uh, property for free. for free. Yeah, you got the property for free. And then because this is being developed, you can turn around and charge, redevelop it on probably by getting a TIFF. Just guessing, and because yeah. it's because it's a development property, and so you'll be able to go in and apply for a grant, and some other. I mean, what what a perfect way to have the people pay for your million dollar projects, and it costs you nothing. Zero. I know zero. Isn't that such a way to make money? I I, I got to tell you, I'm sitting here going. You know, I'm an ethical person, and so I would never do it. But I'm looking at these people, and I'm going, you know, it's kind of like when China comes in and wants the, the taxpayers to uh, foot Fu Fang here in Grand Forks, and then they get tiffs, and they get this, and they get that, and so they're basically building a building everything for free. But the entire time, the city council and everybody else is telling them, "Oh, it's such a great deal for you. Oh, look at all the employment. Look at all the benefits you're going to get from this." And that's the exact same thing that's happening here. The gaslighting of people basically screwing you guys over and telling you how good you're going to have it when this all comes through, when you're going to get nothing and they're going to get everything. Yep. It it sure seems that way, doesn't it? And then you go to the sheriff's office, and the the sheriff's office goes to the state school board, who, by the way, against legal advice of the assistant AG, actually had legislators testifying for this entire project and stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's again the case of the fox being in charge of the hen house, and the, the, the hens are paying the fox to watch out for them, and the fox goes, no problem. I got this for you. And you guys have no freaking where to go. No, we have literally, um, this community, the people have exhausted every avenue um, as far as legal and what the people can do to hold certain positions, government, local government entities accountable. Because now we were just ghosted more or less, like you say, a middle finger by yep. our actual law enforcement. Yep. 
So at this point, it's like, well, okay, you know, maybe we just start talking with the people on air and just ask the people, what do you think? And, and maybe they'll hear what we're asking. And I don't know. Well, you know, here's the thing. You guys aren't aren't accusing anyone of anything, but you're asking some very reasonable questions that unless they're answered, what am I to think? Because I'm, you're asking reasonable questions, which could be solved, quite frankly, by a very easy answer, none of which includes none of your damn business, which is what you're getting. And, yes. and, and, and so that answer aside, um, you are, you're looking, you're presenting facts, you're getting back opinions, you're, yep. you're, look, you're looking at law and statute and being, being told, um, well, we went, to the, we went to the people in charge of this and they said, no, we didn't do anything wrong, so we're going to go with that. I'm, yeah. I'm sitting here going, you know, there's a, this is a cluster. And um, I won't add the last word there, but this is a cluster. And, and what we're looking at is, um, you know, <sighs> Governor Burgum's running for president. And I would think that a lot of this is, would be very interesting to a lot of people. And I would think that there would be somebody that in his office would at least be willing to come forward and, and attempt to explain a little bit of what's going on. I'm sure he's busy campaigning right now, but I don't think anything that you're asking would be um, unreasonable. And as long as the sheriff won't help you, the AG won't help you, the state school board is obviously complicit. Um, gee whiz, Mr. Burgum, I've got a one-hour program here every Monday. I'd be more than thrilled to have you help us out here as to why this is going on here. And I would be willing to bet that there's a lot of this going on everywhere else in the state. For example, there's been very little maintenance in a lot of school districts across the board, Hillsborough, Grand Forks, a lot of them. And so their answer for not doing any maintenance is not to do what you guys did, which is go in and fix it, is to do what's being suggested. We're going to build brand new. We're going to buy all this new land. We're going to build all these new buildings at millions and millions of dollars because we don't have to worry about it. We're just going to raise everybody's taxes. But we gave you guys tax relief, but we're going to take it away because uh, they're coming over to reevaluate my house. Now, my house just went up 77%, but they're going to come over and check on that. So hang on, baby. It could be getting a lot more fun here. I see nothing of value for those of us sitting here in the trenches working our butts off to fund these people. I see nothing but mini federal bureaucracy corruption at its best here. And I can't see anybody who's doing a damn thing to show me anything different. I would agree, Kit. That's, I mean, like I said, we've exhausted every option. And now it's, you know what? Okay, fine. Let's have conversations with the people. Let's bring up all of what we have experienced. Let's have conversations about this. Let's bring forth certain, which we feel are violations, which most of us, now, if if I'm out speeding on the highway, <laughs> I'm going to get pulled over and I'm going to get a ticket. But apparently if they, you know, embezzle money or, or they're laundering things or they don't follow law, it's okay. Well, and okay. the, the auditors, oh, we just let it go. The auditors do to have a second volume, uh, volume two here, fairly quickly. I'm assuming sometime in the summer, correct? Where we get to discover more hijinks and fun ensued, probably. 
Yep, there's another one coming. And and like he had said, he said, it's going to be all of the same. And then everything else that is new and things that you bring forth to us, we'll add that to it. And once again, <laughs> once again, my guess is once we get more facts, we're going to be faced with more opinion from people like your sheriff and from the AG and from the state school board whose opinion is that nothing was done wrong here or the timeline is not right or whatever. And so their opinion will be, we don't need to do anything. I'm just guessing. Yeah. I don't know. Well, Don, you've done some wonderful work here. You've done some very good due diligence. And um, I, I would like to tell you I'm not surprised. I'm disappointed. But I'm not surprised because I've seen a lot of this stuff that's that's occurring all over the place. Uh, Fargo, Grand Forks, Hillsborough, Minot, every place. The school districts are one of the best places on the planet where people can launder money and abuse the system for the children. And everyone's yeah. supposed to just hold their hat in their hands and go, well, it's for the children, and we don't want to be considered big, bad ogres for questioning you, so we're just going to continue to let you guys do what you need to do because it's for the ch- No. No. I'm done. I, it might have a little different response, response from me if, as 20 years of a teacher, I saw kids who could read, write, speak basic English, and God forbid do math. But I'm not seeing that. And for, yeah, the un- was- for the investment we're getting, boy, I'll tell you what. Um, if this was a private business, you'd be under. You'd be under. Yeah, and I had watched, you know, I had watched online because I wasn't able to attend. But I had watched the high school here and the graduation. And I'm sitting there looking. And I know what the number was to be, you know. And I attended it last year and whatnot. And it was packed absolutely packed with students graduating and this year there was half the seats filled with students walking and I just you know it just saddens a person so much that you're you're spending all of this you're trying to be forthcoming and trying to hold people accountable to do right for them but yet I'm being told I'm wrong I'm a liar I'm hostile I'm this, that, and the other, but yet these people, I see half, you know, 150 students, I don't know the exact number, just because the year last year was 300 and some students, I believe it was similar to that, but there was only 100 and some students that walked the line, why? Well, I can tell you what the answer, I can tell you what their answer is going to be, darling, because I hear it every time, we're just not spending enough money. If we would just spend more money, those kids would be so damn smart. Because I hear it all the time. And as a teacher who spent 20 years in the trenches, it ain't about the money. It ain't about the money. And we have 81. We have a total of 158 open positions right now. That doesn't (laughs) include the summer pieces and programs. That's just for open positions, 158. And 81 of those is actual certified staff that's needed. But the new schools, you know what? That's going to fix it. Yeah, that'll Brand do new it. Schools, that's going to solve the problem. That's going to bring the teachers. That's going to have. That's going to fix everything. 
Well, Don, what I would like to do is I would like to, first of all, commend you for your research because uh, it's, it's people like you, individuals like you, that get angry and start doing research that we depend on. And I would also like to say I'm looking forward to the second auditor drop and we will revisit this. And people, if you think this is just one school district, I hate to break it to you, you are wrong. This is going on all across the state, in little towns, in big cities, uh, in, in all kinds of places. And if you aren't paying attention, shame on you. Then you, if silence is con- condoning, and do not remain silent. Even if you think you're not getting anywhere, stand up and shout. Don, thank you very much. God bless everybody. It's another Monday in the can. Take care. Bye, Don. Thank you so much, Kit. Always here for you, girl. Take care. Bye-bye. You too.